Hello everybody and thanks for tuning in today. Today it is a wonderful pleasure to have with us Thomas Poets. Lots of listeners will know Thomas, some may not. So for those that don't, Thomas, could you give us um, a short summary of your career in the textile industry and your love of inkjet technologies? Yes, please. Thanks first of all, Debbie, for the invitation. I like to do that. Well, I had my first contact 30 years ago. This was my first uh, uh, contact, first to large format printing and then later on to textiles. Uh-huh. So I came that way. I came from the large format printing industry to the textile industry. And uh, that was a good advantage for me because when I, c- I get the first contact to the textile industry, I, I needed to understand how analog printing screen, rotary printing did work. And as more as understood this process of analog printing, mm-hmm. I had like two videos running in my head and I could compare the digital to the analog. Yeah. And I immediately saw the huge advantages of doing this, what was done analog in a digital process. And that was really, and this was, it started 30 years ago and this was the end of the 90s, so mm-hmm. the last century. I don't like the thought of placing ourselves in the last century, Thomas. It makes me feel <laughs> very time, old. Is the time change? <laughs> it is. I know. I know. It but, but that's it. You know, the last twenty or thirty years have been pulling that digitization forwards, and you know, Absolutely. we are now. I think at that shifting point where you know digital technologies are absolutely taking, yeah, accelerating now throughout all all aspects of um, printed production, really. From yep. through the technical space, technical space, so 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 many applications. So, Thomas, how would you advise the industry as a whole then to address sustainability and make significant change using digital technologies? Yeah, well, let's first, you know, understand and this again is here. Uh, what does the analog process do? Uh-huh. And then we can compare it again with what the digital process could do to find out that the digital process will have so much more potential for being more sustainable. Just give you a a few highlights here. You know, uh, um, when we think about the situation today, 20% of the global water pollution comes from the textile industry. 79, almost 80 billion cubic meters of water is fresh water is the consumption worldwide in 2015. So today just, we may just have hundreds. I can I can give it. What's that statistic about, again, Thomas? That's huge. Yeah, water. Seven, 79, so 80 billion cubic meters, yeah, of wow. fresh water is is the global consumption. Global consumption uh-huh. in 2015. So today we probably have 30, 40 percent more. Mm-hmm. That's probably yes, that's what it is. Yeah, maybe even fifty percent more than we had twenty fifteen. Yeah, wow. this is almost ten years ago. So uh, I think we have hundred twenty or something like this. That, so, that's the thing to remember, isn't it? As well, you it's, know, the it's, whole time. It's very important to understand the water consumption because later yes. on, when we look at digital, we see the huge difference. You know, we come to mm-hmm. this point that we realize. With digital technology and the, the advanced digital processes, we may use only 5 to 7% of the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So we could save up to 90, 95% of the water consumption, fresh water consumption, if we would do everything digital in the process 
what we do today, analog, printing or dyeing. Um, another fact is that today, 1,715 million tons of CO2 emission is produced by the textile industry worldwide. Wow. You know, when we can save all the water and the heating up of the water and the the waste water which we produce because of the analog process, mm -hmm. in digital, we, we don't need all this. You know, if we have only 5% what we need, we will reduce uh, the CO2 process as well. Maybe not to five percent in, but even less because you know it's not related to the the energy what you need there to clean the water and and it's producing again uh, uh, water and CO two process starts in the drying oven as well. If you would have of a hybrid drying technology, which which is the latest technology in in other industries so far, um, we could save the, the same uh, amount. We could save the same amount in, in CO2 in the drying process. Absolutely. So we will have a lot of potential there to make the textile industry more sustainable. And this is my personal motivation to, you know, to work, you know, to, to make this known and, and show the opportunities. It's not that I complain what we, what we have. We would not have a solution, but we have a solution. We and do. We is, just need to adopt it at scale, don't exactly. we? Exactly. Changing yeah. technology. This is the point. From yeah, analog to digital. We do. And we've seen you know, we see lots of change at the lower volumes of the market with on demand manufacturing. We'll perhaps talk about that a little bit later. But as you say, for that high, high, high industrial volume, you know, we've got single pass printing that can print very, very quickly. But unless you address the all of the processes on either side of that print scale, you address the coating, you address the drying. The amount of energy that is used at high volume there, um, and the amount of waste is is phenomenal. Yes, yeah. we uh, we really do need to. Yeah, the industry as a whole needs to re-equip and address those. Uh, absolutely, um, and it will start. Mm -hmm. You know, this is you know, I last few six months I'm working on this this topic that the, the, this finishing process needs to be digitalized, yeah. and this finishing yes. process starts with the pre-treatment. You know, if you like, have a foam coating technology and then it's running directly in the printer. You could yeah. print wet in wet and then you have this hybrid drying technology after printing. So you will have such a compact version of getting things. You know, you have the dyeing process in between, maybe, yeah, exactly. you know, yeah. then you have this such a compact uh, uh, equipment there where you can save all that energy and get digital process done. You know, digital customized products done, this would be phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. And so much going on in chemistry and ink technologies here as well yeah. to actually re remove those steps Yeah. so that you don't have to pre-coat. Exactly. Dry, I mean, you know, lots of people talk about pre-coating, but what they don't realize is the amount of water that's used in pre-coating. And not <laughs> only do you pre-coat, you then have to dry it as well. So yeah. the fabrics, they're moving across huge cylinders using a lot more energy again. Yeah particularly for reactive processes, and then it's being printed, and then towards the end of, of the process again, it's been steamed, more water, and then yep. it's been washed again, yep. and then it's been dried again. So, <laughs> a lot of energy being expended in there, and we could all kind of work together, can't we, across the, the, all the stakeholders in the R&D, the chemistry scientists, to make that, make that more improve. One of the things I'd like to talk to you about as well, Thomas, is the main sustainable development goals, which I know you've been working alongside too. Um, where and which fit 
best into the textile printing industry? Which yeah, ones we, should we adopt yeah. and why? When we look at those 17 goals of sustainability, uh-huh. we can say that we can address, let's say, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven ones. And, you know, I start with number four. This is the quality of education. Yes. I just go, uh, you know, through this by numbers. Six yeah. is clean water. Then I will explain it. The economy grows, the industry innovation, the responsibility in consumption and production, mm-hmm. climate action, and life on land. Yes. So let me explain that. The quality of education is clear when we change from analog to digital. We need high qualified people. They can run, you know, and, and this digital process. Yes. It starts by color management and starts by preparing all the digital infrastructure and so and so. So there is a clear quality of education. Then we would have the clean water, which I told you already. It's a huge impact, probably the biggest impact to water, what uh-huh. we have here. But there is this economic growth as well because of the, that change. You know, we will sell more equipment, digital equipment, which is supporting sustainable, uh, sustainability in, in general. Yes. So it is important to have that kind of growth. There's this innovation, is industry innovation is required to get everything set up mm-hmm. and getting even better and better. Um, there's this responsibility on consumption and production because with digital, you have no overproduction. Exactly. You know, it's about, uh, the, the experts talk about uh, nine to 10,000 tons or even some people talk even for more, 20,000 tons of textiles, they just come out because of overproduction worldwide. Yeah, they're never sold. Yeah, and and they're never away. sold. They just get dumped. Mm-hmm. But with digital, you just produce what you need. So you completely can run out of uh, uh, you know all of this waste and this overproduction. So it's mm-hmm. a serious responsibility for production. And climate action, of course, is there. You know, when you have less CO2, then this is clearly hard and strong impact to to what we have today and what we could have in the future. Mm -hmm. And uh, life on land is so much better. If if you think about people today in the textile industry, they they are working in those dye houses and in print houses, you know, basically sometimes they stay in the colors. They're literally knee-deep in color all day. And and they they die very early. They have very short life expectancy. So uh, that would completely change as well. So at, at least those seven out of the 17 goals we, we uh, you know, address here, and some of them very heavily. Very important, isn't it, just to clean up the entire industry for, across yeah. from, from A to Z, actually, all the way through. Um, and I think, I think it's really, it's, it's really a moment, a huge, a huge seismic shift for the industry, but it's almost, you know, we just spoke about the 90s earlier, which we remember. <laughs> but also this point in time here is is one where so many different technologies are converging. Mm-hmm. Everybody within the supply chain is digitizing, whether it's software, consumables, ink, yeah. chemistry, data. You know, I don't think in the, in the history of the textile industry for the last 100 years there's ever been a point where so many different skill sets are required in order to make this process seamless. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We're going to have fundamental change. Yeah. Going to have, if if we really focus and make it real, then we're going to have a fundamental change in the textile industry. 
Absolutely. And and what what we will have, you know, then uh, what will be transported is the big white industry rolls of textiles. Mm -hmm. They will be shipped from the weaving places where they are woven or where they are knitted. And then they get, I see this as worldwide, as digital finishing centers. Yes. You know, like copy shops in in a certain way, where you have those finishing centers and what the, the, the brands and so the brand people will send data and transport data and the products get produced in those finishing centers. They're digitally organized because they have a fully digital production getting from um, starting printing, dyeing to digital cutting and and automatic sewing. So then they can ship the products at the end to their customers. So And this will be another environmental effect because all the transportation backward and forward is changing there. So we're going to have a huge potential in, in making the textile industry digital. Yeah. We are, and across that, you know, we're going to see a huge demographic shift, aren't we, from in buying behaviours from the traditional sourcing route. They also, the Silk Road is about to be rewritten, I mm. think, and nearshore, onshore manufacturing and smart manufacturing and smart technologies are all critical to that new story and that new journey, I think, for the textile industry. Yeah, I agree. So, so exciting. <laughs> it is. It is a good time, you know. It is really good times. A lot going on. Yes. Yes, we're going to have a time of change. Yeah. Yeah, huge change. I look forward to. Yeah. It's an honour. It's a privilege to be part of it, actually, throughout my career, actually. It really is a a privilege. Thomas, one of the things we were just talking about off air, which is so true, is people might wonder why we're about to start talking about walker rings. But that is because walker rings comprise a lot of textiles, um, in the non-woven space. Yeah. Um, and I know you've been doing a lot of work with Norofin, mm-hmm. and I'd really, really, really like to talk about this for our listeners. So perhaps you could explain in the first instance, what is a non-woven textile and how are they used in the wall covering industry? Yeah. Well, first, let's let's look, you know, the wall covering industry i'm i'm glad that you use that name because when we talk about wallpaper industry yeah. then this is definitely the the paper as a base yeah. and what is the difference between and it's why wall covering is very interesting because the, the there are non wovens besides papers which are used but there are you know different manufacturing processes in non non woven to make to make non-woven wall coverings, uh-huh. the the existing ones till the last you know uh, two years, let's say that they try to copy the process of making papers, but in a certain way of a non-woven process. So they try to copy what they what was there, but with with a different technology as a non-woven technology. What they had to use because it was very similar to a paper process, they needed all the chemistry additives and adhesives to mm-hmm. put them in there to create a smooth and clear surface, a uh, print surface, you know, a print reception surface. What Norafin does, and this is really the big difference to the other non-woven manufacturers here, they have developed a technology and this is really unique. They have developed a technology where they can bound and and fix natural fibers in a certain way together to uh-huh. create a surface. 
by uh, uh, high pressure water, you know, uh, uh, technology. Fusing them together using water. Hydroenchillment uh-huh, okay. is the technology called. It's a hydroenchillment technology. With high pressure, they have 120 bars, which yeah. they you know put together. And they have developed a process that they, in this water, high pre- water pressure process, they can get the fibers organized in yeah. a certain way that they get stick together without any adhesives and without any chemistry, but they can stick together to create a smooth surface. That's so and important, Patonis, it is, isn't it? Because when people talk about non-wovens, what they don't understand is they're quite often talking about cellulosic and polyester fibres mixed together in kind of a mulch, hmm. if that makes sense. And, that, and lots of chemicals and lots of binders and polymers and all sorts of things in there to make it all stick together and to perform a very thin, thin, thin um, GSM yeah. and to be directionally stable and water resistant, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So that's why I'm so intrigued by what you've been doing with norofin. It's, it's such a huge leap for cellulosic wall coverings, isn't it, really? Yes, absolutely. This is, you know, it's, uh, and it's, they work since 2005 on this project. It's almost time. now 20 years. Wow. And okay. they, they probably had the first business five years ago with that, where they could start selling the first uh, products developed. Uh, and so that has increased and increased. And since one year, I, I helped them to make the, the business development in the inkjet industry with their products. Amazing. And uh, so they, they have learned. To, you know, every day to improve the quality, to get it better and better, yeah. and 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 have developed the technology which they have by them own, and this is the real USP from Norafin to other non-woven manufacturers to to be able to create such a surface uh, out of natural fibers, you know, like cellulosic fibers, yeah, uh, like flux, like viscose, like lyocell. Yep. And and others, we will see maybe Hanf in the future, and and um, where we can create such surfaces. And the, the interesting thing is doing that at the end. The product is biodegradable. That's so important because we have only natural fibers, mm-hmm. and we have used the water to fix those to get those fibers together. But there is no additive inside. So the product comes out and it's getting used, but it will be biodegradable. Yeah. It's interesting, Thomas, isn't it, how long this journey has taken and how, you know, we sit we sit, and we expect the whole industry to shift to um, an environmentally secure platform using sustainable technologies. But what we see here, you know, within Neurofin is the amount of R&D and investment that is needed across the industries in order to come up with products using new technologies like you know like as norfin are doing to with those cellulosic fibers it's not a short a short journey is it no not at all and when you know when you are such uh, innovative people like the norfin people are have been they had mm-hmm. to believe that this technology will be prof- profitable at the end yes you know when you sometimes you develop things and you have to have this long focus mm-hmm. you know the business is not there tomorrow but exactly. on yeah. the other hand, our industry thinking is sometimes like that. People are under pressure to have something which is working tomorrow. Yes, that's so true. So if they would not have all the other business, they could have not have been able to develop what they, you know, have done here in 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 this circumstance. 
and uh, but now they are there, and um, this gives them a one fantastic advantage. And today, with the demand and and the focus on, and I think it's all our will to to create a sustainable environment. Absolutely. And this is what we need. Yeah, definitely. It's so disruptive, isn't it? It's, it really is. Yeah. So it's, it'll absolutely transform wall coverings, most definitely. Um. Could you just like drill down a little bit further into why is it extra organic? So can we can we just talk about the, the materials it's using? It's using flax, isn't it? Really? Yeah, we use yeah. we use the extra organic as the name for that because we use the basic natural fibers. Uh-huh. The, here, the flax is coming from the the widest, uh, the biggest flax fields from Europe, from France. Yeah. yeah. You know, so they are plant there, they are harvest there, they. And then they they sent to to the norafine, and um, they have similar developments. Of course, viscose is is the out of wood. You know, mm-hmm. is kind of you know natural uh, fiber created yep. out of wood. And, and the they, same if, I, with, if I'm correct, they're blending both of those together, aren't they? They're blending fat, yes, flax, they blend and the lysol together, to, together to, to create different substrates. Yeah different substrates and and they they optimize the behavior from the two fibers to make it really good and really nice yeah and so this is of course you can this is today we have 65% flux and 35% viscose there mm-hmm. you can make 100% viscose and you can do 100% flux but this is a certain mixture we have here which um, has some advantages in in the surface structure yeah and that's why we do it. But we have customers; they get eighty uh, percent or seventy percent flux and viscose more, and so. But uh, for certain circumstances, it might be different. But here for digital, we use that that kind of uh, um, base calculation: is two thirds flux, one third viscose. Is that benefit the smooth surface, or is the smooth surface created using rollers or something completely different? Yes, it's it's part of that. It's part mm-hmm. of having that smooth surface. Definitely, it's part of the printability. It's part of the you know the you know fixing the surface in a certain yeah. way. Those two fibers work very nicely together. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 a mixture of a lot of advantages doing that together. That's great. Huge advantage for, advantage for the interior decor industry. I mean, as an industry as a whole, whether it's residential or hospitality or contract, all of those areas are moving towards environmentally friendly fabrics, textiles, materials, you know, whether they're wall coverings, wallpapers or hard surfaces. They're really diving deep into all of that to to look at how they can create, you know, a 500 room hotel using circular products and materials that can be regenerated recycled and given new life and that's why this that's why i was so so interested to dive (laughs) deeper with you thomas into this material because i just think it has so it has so much scope really does yeah yeah and i'm I'm convinced uh, this is uh, this is one segment is is the wallpaper industry but Mm. it will discover other markets as well maybe even packaging you know high exclusive packaging and using instead of paper and other things yeah. plastics and so we use this kind of very soft like a textile non-woven product which yeah. can even be digitally printed it gives an exclusive packaging uh, size and I, we will see other things in, in absolutely i saw these products in germany and they do feel very very natural they yeah. the the printed surface you know and i know 
perhaps perhaps this is the point for you to explain actually I believe that they could be coated or uncoated but work in both in both formats is that correct yeah that's absolutely correct today 90 percent of the products are uncoated what we sell amazing yeah they are they are uncoated so it's uh, it's um it's just the best of the best do you attribute that to the advances in printing technology in that we now have, you know, within a, a number of manufacturers, we have what they call an optimizer, which is basically an inkhead that's spraying an optimizer. So in, in actual real life, the machine itself is coating the paper before it prints onto it with its additional inks and colours. Would you say that's that's one of the reasons why that's um, so much is uncoated in the marketplace? That. At least that would help and increase a, a, a better quality. I'm not sure if they always use that. True. If they would use it, that could help and make it even the, the quality better, much better. Yeah. Yes, definitely. But sometimes the ink is is good enough to to do that. If you if you think about, um, can I name some names here? Yeah, you, you can. Know, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If if for example, if you have the the Canon UV Chill ink. Yep. You don't need an optimizer. You can just print straight on, on the surface with okay. excellent results on the surface. Um, you can We have seen excellent results with the HP Latex uh, printing equipment and, and other, you know, uh, coined machine and other water-based uh, uh, digital printing equipment uh, will have excellent results with that. It's interesting, isn't it, how that march of the pigment ink is is you know accelerating through through traditional roll to roll textile industry, but it's equally accelerating through the wall covering industry as well, isn't it? Because of its absolute efficiency. Yeah, this is absolutely correct. And I think you know I, this 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 story told me already. When I look to other industries in the past, uh-huh. you know they started always with a kind of trying to make a simple technology, then it was solvent. You uh-huh. know, look at the car industry. Yep. The, the paints of the cars in the very beginning were solvent-based. Yep. But later on and later on, as technology was developing and so on and so, then at the end, you, you end with water-based. Yes. And this is the same case what we are in here. We're entering with, with water-based technology and the pigments getting better and better and the formulation and the print heads make it, you know, this is the whole package is now better. You know, the print heads from the beginning are completely different to what we have today. Yes. You know, with circularity in the print heads of theater heads and they, you know, will not clock anymore. The ink's getting better. The performance of the inks are better. And um, I have seen print results in a different project here on Nonwoven this week. They could print with two picoliter inks with excellent sharp lines. On wow. for for certain special projects now we will come out later with that. It is incredible. All of these incremental steps, though, are over the last you know fifteen twenty years, have finally reached that point where they massively disrupt markets, haven't they? Yeah, without yeah. question. Yeah, it really we are is. at this at this tipping point. We are. We we, we most definitely are, Thomas. We, yeah. we are. I think a couple of points to finish on. One of them was circularity. How? Would you encourage the industry to choose and reuse sustainable materials? It's so much about knowledge, isn't it? Yeah, and first, not I would, taking I would, the easy option. I would ask for the data sheets to understand uh-huh. yes. what is inside. You know, what what do I really buy? What do I really get? And mm-hmm. then I would um, talk to my customers and find out what they are looking for. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, and if they have uh, sustainability as their number one focus, then uh, um, then there is only one way of doing it. You know, getting uh, such uh, you know water based and UV chill printers and having um, a uh, product which has no adhesives and no no glues inside or chemicals, then you get the, the best uh, uh, sustainability product. You, you know, you can provide if if they think about doing uh, not such a very good quality of course there are a lot of other things available but for the future and for responsibility of our business i would only you know recommend uh, 100 sustainable products absolutely and to be honest thomas you know it's a good note to end on as well in that if you're going to maintain your business you have to be sustainable yeah. There's so much regulation coming down the road so much compliance that's necessary across the entire workflow the entire supply chain anybody who doesn't actually actively invest in and source sustainable materials is gradually going to lose market share would you agree absolutely and and just you know think about this co2 production uh, discussion on the co2 you know yeah. our production is very very low on co2 emission when it gets produced so the numbers are very positive and and you know think that everybody who is is part of this this chain you know getting a finished product and they need to make their calculation how much co2 they produce on their own and at the end this will be compared and then if if not then they have to pay for the co2 you know vouchers so they could save money here in making the right decision already in the beginning or at the end they have to buy those vouchers to balance the company out to the CO2 efficiency. So they can make clear business decisions for the CO2 product and the better CO2 product. And this is what we have here. Absolutely. Choose the right partners, the right material, the right printing partners, ink, chemistry partners, the right materials. And you actually will start to future-proof your business, won't you? Yeah. Yeah, and this is the future, and you know this is, uh, is the, the regulations are going in that way. This is there is the need we have to go, not only because of the regulations, but just because of the circumstances where we are in. Most definitely, I guess that would be your your advice then for the print community: make the right environmental choices. Yes, yeah. use the right technology, use the right you know uh, the best media, and 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 uh, you know go for that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, Thomas, thank you so, so much for, for joining us today and for sharing all of your all of your wisdom, your love of inkjet, which matches mine, <laughs> and, and also all of the great things that you're doing within sustainability and new materials. Um, I was absolutely entranced to hear about what you were doing with um, Norafin when we met in Germany. So thank you for joining us again today and allowing us to dive deeper into that for our community. Thank you, Debbie. And I'm looking forward to see you next time face-to-face again. Yeah. Very soon. Yeah, Thank very, you. very soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take care, Thomas. Thank you for joining Thank us. Thank you very much.